Hello, Next Geners. Welcome to our Friday form preview show. Well, we've had a big week, Hayden Byrne, our data guru from Daily Sectionals. Um, we've had Matt Hill on the show yesterday um, talking about the art of doing the form and calling races. Uh, we had Peter Volandis, Neil Werrett, and then Brad Gray as part of our Everest special on Wednesday uh, with a deep dive runner by runner with Brad Gray on um on the Everest. So if you are looking for a, a more complete picture for the Everest, you can jump in our YouTube channel um, and find that chat. Um, or you can listen to our chat with Matt Hill yesterday ahead of the Caulfield Cup and get his thoughts. But we're going to do the form here for you, Hayden. And now it is five o'clock on a Friday night. What's the weather like where you are? Because in Geelong, it sort of hasn't stopped raining for a couple of hours now. It's been continuous, but it hasn't been heavy. Um, the radar from my house, a lot, my house only um, looked a lot worse than what it um, what it actually is. So I'd be interested to see what it's like at Caulfield. Um, just hearing some murmurs throughout the day that they've got a level of expectation that whatever rain comes tonight is coming, uh, and the track will race in that soft six, soft seven. Um, I think at worst a heavy eight. So you know, That'd who knows? Be a it's a, result, I think. Well, at the moment, it's the. Um, it feels like it's going to be harder to predict the weather than it is predict the Caulfield Cup winner. So, it's the uh, golden problem at the moment. Sydney seems yeah. to be having. Uh, you know, Sydney have, been, have put up that their track's not in too bad a condition, and um, just down the road, the shopping centre roof's fallen in. So, I don't know what you make of this weather. Um, you know, there was people on social media who put up that the Eagle Farm race track was underwater, um, and riders were sitting there waiting that the track had been closed for track work and they put up an S5 on the uh, Racing Australia website. So I think there's a lot of confusion with punters going into tomorrow. Okay, well, it's a soft five at the moment at Caulfield. Um, I'm not sure when the last time that was um, updated. So what track are you have you done your form for? Uh, I've done my form in the soft range. So I want horses that I've... I, can rubber stamp that can handle giving the ground, no matter what the weather is from now onwards, um, you know, even if there was a miracle and it got to a good, it's still going to be a very wet good. Um, it's not going to be like a firm surface by any stretch of the imagination. So at the moment I'm, I'm preparing for the um, bottom of the soft range, um, but obviously you've got to have your homework done. If the track completely falls apart into that heavy range, you've got to be ready to adjust as you do it if it starts to race in that S5 sort of range where horses who do prefer hard ground can uh, get their toe in, get a bit of grip and they look like they're sprinting. So one of those days, mate, you just got to be ready for everything. I can't imagine it's any better than soft seven. I think soft seven is best case scenario in my opinion. Um, so hopefully you can give us an insight into some horses who do have a uh, wet track indicated that, will suggest that they enjoy the rain. Race one at Caulfield, Magic Millions Grand Handicap. Eagles Craig is the $2.10 favourite. Can he get beat? Oh, for sure he can get beat. He's um, relatively unexposed on any track with any sufficient given the ground. So there's got to be a question mark on him straight away. From a talent perspective, he's a horse that I did push to you um, mm. going back to the start of his campaign that he was a real smoking gun. He's a horse that's... Um, proven that he's got a level of talent. He's got the glue on footy boots for the first time, which is something that um, 
you know, always gets you a little bit nervous. From a wet track perspective, um, Sienna's Express is definitely the one from a wet track perspective that comes right into contention. Good, honest Kira Ma style um, runner. The horse that really can't make much of, he's a difficult horse to get a read on, um, Saracen Express, Saracen Knight or whatever his name is. Saracen Knight, not Sienna's. Saracen Knight is the difficult runner to get a guide on. He oh. handles wet ground, um, you know, back in early days, of his, either his first or second start. Uh, I think it was his second Australian start at Caulfield. You know, he looked like he would be more of a Caulfield Cup style of runner rather than the first race on Caulfield Cup day. Um, yep. He's a horse who does love the wet and can get through it. So he's a dangerous player in a race like this, but hard to get excited now that um, the way conditions are. All right. So you, no bet? No, Sienna's Express would be the horse that I'd mark on top, most confidence with from an each way perspective, but hard to get involved. Okay, race two is the Tile Importer Trophy over 1,400 metres. Godolphin have the favourite, Vianello for Damien Oliver and James Cummings, obviously. Uh, Maroika for Chris Waller, 440. Lady Adelaide, six. No crying, six. Game legend, eight. Yeah, really difficult race. Horses who are struggling to break benchmark this time in. Vianello does have a performance with uh, first ever career start, Newcastle over 900 metres where it was a best of the day point two above. Hasn't broken benchmark throughout. Will handle some give in the ground, which is a bonus. So it's going to put itself there somewhere. Uh, Morioka, the Waller runner, is definitely a horse you want to keep your eye on. Has um, indicated that it's got some talent. Should get through the ground if in the soft range. The roughing in the race is probably Stern Impulse. Being Yendel, Shane Nichols, dangerous combination. I was taken by its performance at Moe. gave me a... Great indication that it's going to uh, thrive in the ground um, and it's had a go at the 1400 where it was a pass mark, massive squeeze through the mid race. Runner to watch, but hard to bet in. Okay, $14 and 310. It's a, um, one of the outsiders there. So maybe a little bit of value in a, um, you know, a field where they're going to be betting um, three places a place. Uh, race three, the Polytrack Gothic Stakes. Again, 1,400 metres. This is for the three-year-olds. Um, clearly not the uh, Caulfield Guineas level of horse here, but extreme flight for Anthony and Sam Friedman's the $3 favourite. Sandy Prince, 380. Cheerful Legend is seven. Prince Alexander, 750. Park Avenue, eight. Then uh, we're down to Daily Bugle at 14. Yeah, another race very similar to, um, well, not similar to the previous. These do have some uh, performances exceeding the benchmark level, but you've got sporadic form when it comes to uh, horses that can handle give in the ground. There was a couple here to keep your eye on. Um, Extreme Flight's definitely very progressive. Mm. He's a horse I've got a bit of time for. Uh, handled some given the ground at Maui, two starts back, Rue one, best of the day performance overall. You know, very good sand down, first go 1,400. He's progressive, so he's definitely a runner you want to keep an eye on. Sandy Prince, dangerous runner here. Um, performance at Mooney Valley, very good, and has proven on two occasions that he swims. So if that starts getting to the heavy range, he's the logical favourite in a race like this. Daily Bugle, class runner, no real exposed uh, form in the wet and had one go and didn't really set the world a lot at Randwick. So, you know, he's a horse that I wanted to elevate, 
but the wet conditions aren't going to be favourable for him from what I've seen so far. So I think the race revolves around those. Um, if the track is on that really wet side, like you get the gut feeling that it's a downgrade heavy eight or worse, then I think um, Sandy Prince is going to be very, very hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. Sandy Prince looks like he's got a nice profile for this. Uh, race four is the Group 3 Schweppes Ethereal Stakes. These fillies are on their way to the Oaks. Danny O'Brien is a $2.10 favourite Kapalua Sunset at $2.10. Then it's $8.50 the rest. Stalking uh, for Godolphin and uh, Damien Oliver. $9 Glint of Hope for Trent Busseton and Natalie Young. $10 Biscayne Bay and Mokalua for um, Clary Connors, uh, $11 daisies. Um, then we're getting out to 15 or better. But uh, I'm pretty sure this has been one of the best backed on the card, this uh, Kapalua sunset for Danny O'Brien and Brett Preble. Yeah, really logical. This one will progress. Looks like it's got... Um... Looks like it's got Oaks level ability from what we've seen so far. Two starts, Geelong and Kite, and comes off Kite and best of the day performance. You know, started to test those conditions with testing enough to give us an indication that it will get through um, a track with some give. Obviously, you can't rubber stamp it, what it'd be like with bottomless track. Um, that's good enough for now. This, to me, when I was doing the form on this race, um, it's not a race where I'd really want to get involved from a betting perspective, uh, but the race completely revolves around this runner. Mm -hmm. And it's this runner. It looks like it's got a talent edge on everybody else. You've just got the unknown there with a very heavy track. So from an Oaks progression, definitely the right runner. Yeah, well, Brett Preble was saying he's ridden her a couple of times um, and she's worked against Young Werther and... Um, at least matched or if not bettered him. So that's a pretty big push. So um, certainly all eyes will be on that filly heading towards the Oaks. Uh, the Neds Classic is the boys version. That's also Group 3, 2,000 metres. They head towards the Derby. Gunstock, $3.40 favourite from Micro at four sixty. Gun Deck at 6. Tis Magic at seven fifty. Al Patronis is nine fifty. T Waters, 15 he was interesting, this runner through the superimpose. He looked like the 2,500 metres of the derby might not be far enough gun deck. He looked like he would stay and um, stay gun stock, sorry. He looked like he would stay and stay all day, mm -hmm. um, you know, to the point where uh, he might be a future um, Jericho horse. Four and a half thousand metre uh, testing trip. He was good. I'm not overly taken by many of these. Um, boys going, you know, that derby path. None of them have really bobbed up yet and said, look, I'm the one. Yeah. Um, and the one that we were really, really confident that we had the derby winner. And unfortunately, he's just not in the derby. So that made things really impossible with Profondo up in um, Sydney. Yeah. So, you know, this is definitely the, um, I wouldn't say the B division. But they're the ones who've got the staying profiles and they're yet to be, uh, be given the opportunity to execute over their um, preferred trip. From a wet track point of view, there's a couple of runners there that have showed something, but not, um, not a great amount. Horses like St. Tropez, um, El Rocco to an extent. Gundek looks like a dangerous runner coming into this. Micro definitely gets a pass mark. The lane 
um, James Cummings horse. And I'll give you the interesting one in the race. The one that I thought could leap was uh, right down the bottom, Antonio Giovanni. Okay. The Walla runner. He was the one I thought could um, leap himself into contention. He looks like he's got a genuine derby style profile. Um, he was beaten last start by Andy Defray at <laughs> Rose Hill. Um, he looks progressive enough. So, you know, I, I'm adamant that um, Gunstock's the runner to beat, but Antonio's the leaper. Okay. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that race uh, heading towards the derby. Uh, race six, uh, we're getting to some good races now. The Group 3 Moonga Stakes uh, sponsored by Neds. Zutori, um, well, actually, Buffalo River's the, the favourite at 320 from Zutori at 340. King Magnus is a horse that we black booked uh, not last start, two starts ago when running second to Ayrton as a horse to follow. A little freshen up here at $6.00. Just a canter at eight. Be good to your mother at nine. That was a good performance by Be Good to Your Mother last up behind Shalo. Uh, Gula, 14. You've given this horse a couple of chances. I'm ready to put a line through it. Uh, Morvada at 15. Vasilator, 31. Arcadia Prince, 81. Hangman, 101. He's the logical favourite here. He's going to jump lead and he gets through the ground, the Buffalo. And he can put a um, he can put up a number that It'll be very hard to run down. He's the logical favourite. He's the runner to beat. What do you make of Zutori? Um, will, uh, Zutori a, will Zutori run? Um, I'm not too sure. He, like, he's a Flemington horse, right? But I guess it, we're, we're still two weeks away from Cup Week, so he's got to have another run before he gets back to Flemington. So, you know, he probably does have a run, but... Uh, he's, his form on the soft is mixed. Um, yeah, he was beaten a fair way by Nature Strip in that TJ last um, uh, in the autumn. And um, it wasn't that soft last start when he got beaten by Kementari. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's long in the tooth or anything. He was a group one winner five starts ago. So, yeah, he's, he's going to have his chance. I don't think he's long in the tooth. I think the horse is flying, but I don't think he's that good on the wet ground. Mm. Um, I think at the bottom end of soft six, he's proven that, um, you know, last start, Flemington and the Gill guy, you could just tell that the, if that wasn't an S6, if that was a five pushing a four, that he just would have fixed those two up. Yeah. Um, just doesn't have the same level of acceleration as soon as any moisture hits the ground. He's still a very good horse, um, mm. but he just doesn't have that dynamic edge over them which he should have in a race like this, it could potentially knock the speed out of him going to Flemington. So if he's mine, he doesn't run, he trials. Um, and I'll keep him on the fresh yard going into Flemington. Yeah. But they're a smart camp, the boys, even though they're, uh, the divorce papers have been lodged in the uh, courts today. It's a, you know, they, that was a stable that you could just never see um, parting ways, could you? No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have called it. Um, certainly not. But um, I guess there comes a point in everyone's career where you're looking for a bit of a change. And um, good luck to them both. Uh, Next Gen has a little filly with uh, First Light Racing uh, that um, is down to train with them. So it'll be interesting to see where Screaming Diva goes to, um, whether they go with uh, Simon or Matt. Yeah, great trainers, and they come across as um, very genuine and good blokes. Yep. You know, if you if you picked a few trainers out to have a beer with, uh, the boys would be 
you know, right up there. Yeah. Fantastic people. Uh, good luck to the good luck to both of them. For me, very difficult race to assess. I marked Buffalo as the horse to beat. Just running through the logic is that he'll jump lead and get some advantages in terms of wet tracks, a big bonus for him. Mm-hmm. And he'll put up a number that a lot of these are going to ch- struggle to chase on the drive, let alone try and run that down on the wet. So he was the runner to beat for mine. Difficult and hard to... Um, Zutori was the dangerous runner. I was worried about him. Gulwa's ready. You can put the line through him, but these are his conditions. Um, he does get through the wet, and he's from a fitness perspective, he's right. So difficult race, but Buffalo is the logical and, you know, better than that $3 mark. He's a betting prospect on an each way. And King, King Magnus, who we did Black Book two starts ago behind Anton. Yeah, he's flying. He's a he's a really nice horse too. The wet track's my concern with the king. Yeah, he's got a if good record gets, on soft, but if it gets heavy, that's a real question mark, right? If it get if it gets heavy, it's a real question mark. He's got one run here on soft conditions, and his wet track indicator was excellent. He's had one go on the heavy and he failed. So he's a he's relatively unknown, but it might be difficult for him to catch the buffalo. Is, could have been the day for be good to your mother. It'll need to do it before I get entertained. Yeah. All right. I think he ran. Um, I do. It was about benchmark performance behind Shalo last start. So, um, yeah, it's a certainly a very interesting race. Oh, you know the way. I know you say be good to your mother's got to do it before you get excited, but I feel that way about Buffalo River. I don't know. Feels like this horse hasn't won for over over a year now. I know he's been getting these firm tracks and he might just get the conditions to suit, but I won't be leaping into uh, Buffalo River here. I'm more likely to play, you know, King Magnus as a little each way, um, as a little each way play, but um, yeah, interesting race. um, There's one thing from a form perspective that I've got relatively no interest in, and it's, uh, it's that days in between wins, et cetera. He's a runner that he's not blessed with a ton of talent, mm-hmm. but because he's won those races earlier, he's been forced to race in Blaney's, uh, Rupert Clark's, Weekend Hustlers, yep. et cetera. He's not that good. That's his problem. He's just a one-and-a-half plus two-style runner. He's very best very dangerous when he gets conditions to suit. He's the runner that I'm more than happy to put in the bin the vast majority of times he steps out. This is, to me, It's I find it very hard to see how he misses the first three with a good ride. Okay. All right, well, that's a that's a fair case. Um, race seven, this might be one of the better bets on the day, the Tristark Stake. Uh, Colette is $2.40, Shalo $4.80, Nigley 5 Pride of Jenny 9 Karma last last start winner at 12, Steinem 13, Aidensfield 18, Brazen Song 34, Ruby Street 51. We know that Colette loves it wet. The wetter, the better for Colette. I think it just takes all her opponents out of it and um, and she won't be beaten on a heavy track. Um, surely not if she's going well enough. I disclose, I disclose very little when it comes to betting. I'll lay a card on the table here. Um, 
I was backing Colette from June, July to win the Caulfield Cup in yep. futures markets, which I rarely do, on the off chance that we got the conditions that we got. Yeah. Because I felt like she was extremely dangerous in these conditions in a Caulfield Cup. I didn't think she could win it on the dry. Thought she would be extremely limited, hard pressed winning this race on the dry. But I thought she just reminded me so much of Very Elegant going back 12 months to the day yep. where if the conditions fell in her, um, if the cards fell in her um, zone, mate, she was going to be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I'm gutted that I don't have a live ticket going in. Yeah. Uh, but here we are, 1,400 metres. Going where now? Uh, going where? Well, they might go to the invitation. It's a $2 million race for mares, um, 1,400 metres, so it makes sense that they've um, freshened up from the – instead of going up in trip, they've uh, freshened up from the 1,600 to go back to 1,400, um, or she might go to an Empire Rose um, so there, there are a couple options there. It'd be nice to see her just avoid the incentivizers and the very elegance and that for a campaign and give her her opportunity to try and beat up on those who don't follow that path. Mm -hmm. She deserves it. She's very talented. 1,400 metres, blinkers off. If anybody who listens to the show or watches could let me know what Equicast first time is, I'd be interested to know. Yeah, good question. I don't know. I've never seen no. that in the uh, gear changes either. Looks like a. Uh, uh, I don't know. Looks like a synthetic hoof filler. Is that a new name for it now? You there? I've lost you here. If you can still hear me, I've lost you. No, I've got you now. Can you hear me? I think Hayden can't hear me. Uh, so I'll just continue on for a little bit. I might get Hayden to um, sign out and then come back in. Um, yeah, he's just staring at me blankly there. So... Um, let me just text you, Hayden. Oh, we've lost him. Sorry. Uh, I've just come back now. Oh, you've got me back. Um, I think it might be a synthetic hoof filler. Um, I have searched synthetic hoof filler uh, and the chosen one has it listed as synthetic hoof filler. But interesting that, um, as you mentioned, Colette has it listed as Equicast. And I do a quick Google search. It's a unique material designed with specific properties for application on horses' hoof. So it might not be a filler, but it looks like it is some sort of um, uh, hoof protection. Okay, so I'd like to know if it's like we're in thongs in the wet here or whether it's nothing to worry about, whether it's like a thin coating on the arch or whether it's you know, filled the whole thing in and it's like, I've got the thongs on. 
yeah. only concern. I just don't like horses with anything on their feet. Mm-hmm. 500 kilos going through you know, four of them is an ideal. Yeah. That's my only concern with her. All right. Shayla was outstanding last start. Do you have any clarity on her in, in the wet? Shayla was very good. Hmm. She was very, very good, but she's untried on anything like this. The horse who really does enjoy these conditions is Nimalee. Mm-hmm. But with Nimalee, you're going to get no real issue getting through the ground. Dangerous runner. Right horse, dangerous runner. Colette Monster in the wet, mm-hmm. as you as you know. Normally with these type of horses that the best ones beat up on the ordinary ones. So for me, it was Nimalee, Colette. Watch runner here is Steinem. Okay. Untried wet, so can't put it down as a betting um, prospect, but keep a close watch on it. This is the sort of horse where if they can't get this one right, going into Flemington is going to be dangerous. All right, maybe one to throw in the quaddy there, Steinem at $13. But, yeah, I think the market's sorting them out well with Colette from Shalo and Nimalee. Uh, so that'll be a, a race to watch going towards a race like the Empire Rose. Uh, the Alinghi Stakes, uh, 1,100 metres here. Varda is the $5 favourite from Rubisaki, 6. Bless her, 6. Emanate, 6.50. How Romantic, 7.50. Never Talk, 10. Rainbill, 15. Uh, we go, there's a... Pretty big field all the way down to 81 bucks, but open race, um, this one here. I was surprised how open this race was. Mm. Understand big field, etc. There's going to be money here, there, and everywhere. You're going to declare one for us. I find it very difficult to see how Varda's going to miss the first three. Okay. My, I don't have many concerns here either. Convinced it's the best horse in the race. And I'm convinced it's the best wet tracker in the race. So I got a lot in her favor. Mm-hmm. So for me, she just ticks all the boxes. Oh, you, you never really think that I would say this, but I don't think Damien Lane's riding very well at the moment, and I'm waiting for him to flick the switch. So whether it whether that comes at Flemington. You know, whether a few of these riders, him and Craig, are just waiting for this Caulfield Carnival to move on because they're out of form and they're just looking for a new environment. But me boy Frosty needs to flick the switch. He's just off. He's two lengths off at the moment. He's not proactive enough at the moment. He's procrastinating, which is not like him. So has he got a little bit of big race burnout or... I don't know what it is, but he's just not riding at his top and I'm waiting for him to explode. Hopefully today's the day. Varda horse to beat for mine and in my humble, one of the better bets on the on the day. I've All got right. it on top. Never talk, dangerous runner from Sydney will get through the ground. Rubisaki, not one of mine, but always seems to be there. Yeah. And how romantic last start, 1.1 above benchmark? Yeah, not um, not convinced wet ground at all. Yep. Yeah, well, Varda's got that performance. I think most will remember it where she uh, held off Mask Crusader in 
heavy ground. I think it was, uh, you know, 14 months ago at Randwick and you know, I think she had that plus two with a big wet track indicator that suggests she loves it. So I think you've given the punters a bit of a steer there. Uh, let's look at the Caulfield Cup. Group one, 2,400 metres, handicap, obviously. Well, not much of a handicap when you consider that the top weight, um, the top weights, homesman and incentivise are both going to carry 55 and a half kilos. Uh, not much of a spread down to 50 kilos, but that's the way it's panned out with Spanish Mission, obviously uh, bypassing a trip on the first flight into Victoria. So we're into Melbourne. We see incentivise at 250. Delphi at nine, Young Verda 10, Nonconformist 11, Explosive Jack 14, uh, The Chosen One 14, Montefilia 16, Master of Wine 21, Dwyer's 21, Persan 26, She's Ideal 26, Homesman 41, Great House 61, Ocean Billy 71, Chapata 71, Port Guiam 81, Charm Star 81, Salino, 101, Constantinople, $151. You go first. Go on. Well, incentivise is clearly the one to beat. Um, I thought this prep coming into Melbourne that I'd be looking at uh, for him for 2,400 metres. He surprised me with his wins in the Maccabi Diva and then the Turnbull. Um, he's clearly, clearly a talent. Um, at $2.50, I can't play now. I think part of that price is the fact that a lot of people have jumped on the earlies and that there'll be bookies out there that are going to cop a hiding um, if he's to win. Um, I don't I don't know if he's a $2.50 chance. Um, he deserves to be favourite, um, but I feel like I want to be taking him on. Delphi was outstanding in the Herbert Power. Young Verda was outstanding running second in the Turnbull to incentivise. Non-conformist was outstanding last start in the Mighton Power Stakes. Uh, and the chosen one, you can probably make a case for behind Delphi as well. That um, 2,400 metres is going to suit. Monophilia, Group 1 winner last start. So I feel like it's a it's a pretty open race. Um, we know incentivise will enjoy it wet. But I think if it if it's bottomless at this stage, it nearly becomes a raffle. It does. It does. The big question surrounding him is we've got a we've got an indication from um, Brisbane that he does get through tracks with some give. He's an unknown on tracks that are uh, ultimately heavy. He's also an unknown on tracks with give when he's in this vein of form. You know, definitely not the same horse now as what he was going back. You know, April when he was winning at Sunshine Coast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's where he's tried on some tracks with a bit of give and he thrived in the conditions. He's a better horse now. He's a go forward, make his own luck, break their heart style runner, which very favourable on wet, in conditions like this and on wet ground. You're much better off up there and in the boxing match than trying to cheat from the back. I think it also helps him in another way where this race profile to me, like there was going to be a lot of blowflies. The bees were going to come out. There was going to be a swarm. The old, you know, when they take off, I think there was a couple of horses there who looked like they were having dress rehearsals for a tactic they were going to take into the cup. Holmesman, Delphi, 
non-conformist, young Verther, all horses that have looked to make big 600-metre runs on them in their lead-ups, giving them the opportunity to say, okay, if he's the horse to beat and we've got to beat him from the front, we've got to make a big run at him. So they've had the right grounding coming in. I picture the race in my head. I can envision Craig just backing the speed off and someone having a go. There's plenty of horses in there who can have a go and there's plenty of horses down there that are, have lower weights that could have a go. Your John Allens, your Craig Newitz, they're the profile riders who will do something like that. So dangerous race from him. He may have to hold on from the 600-metre mark and be vulnerable to not the first wave, but the second might grab him. Things that, do, things that does help him. Racing in the nine-metre position on Wednesday makes the lanes dangerous. They may cut up. So if you can get right out into the crown, that was going to be the place you were going to run him down. They've had 100 horses go over it on Wednesday and some rain. So the middle of the track may have fallen apart. You'll find out more on race day. You look back on this and say, was the $2.50 just a gift or not? Yeah. Don't, I think if you haven't backed him from now in, you'd feel a little bit funny stepping in now at the low end of the market in what you would perceive as the most difficult race. That's how I feel, yep. Or... Do you feel more comfortable trying to really rip the others apart and finding the runner at $3 plus the place that you're going to get on some high-talented runners? Your non-conformist, young Werther's, Delphi's. You can push out. It's not impossible for horses like Shapata, Explosive Jack, Purse Sand to sneak into the money, you know, at anywhere from $5 to double-figure placings. For me, he's a, he's a neutral on top just because he's the horse to beat. Young Verther, I was really taken by his performance at Flemington. I'd love to have seen this on dry ground. I'm of the opinion that that would suit him slightly better, but he's yeah. unexposed and they were both him and Explosive Jack were good in Sydney on a track with some give over the 2,400. So yeah. it gives you an inc inkling that they will both get through it to some extent. Both of them will go into the numbers for mine. Impossible to miss the chosen one's performance. Last start, Caulfield, his last section was electric. He looks like he's really ready to rumble. He can go to the same level last year, which would put him into the three and a halves, which would make him a dangerous, dangerous runner in this race. So for me, it's incentivized as the neutral on topper, um, Young Verda, Explosive Jack, the chosen one, and Nonconformist would be my next one. He'd be dangerous on the dry. The knockout runner for your trifectas multiples is our little friend. And if you want to have a dollar each way on her, this is her golden, golden opportunity. She's idea. All right. Well, I'm I'm in the same camp that I think incentivise is hard to beat, but I, I haven't got the earlies and I won't be jumping in. The one I'll be backing each way is young young Verther. And I just look at the um, data you've got from the Turnbull Hayden. Um, you know, they've gone they've gone lightning through that first section. Young Verther actually um, was the one that showed a turn of foot from the uh, six to the four, increased his speed by about a length and a half and then copped a 1.3 length slowdown and then picked up and found another length uh, the last 200 metres. So, you know, 
if the data is anything to go by, if if he didn't cop that little slowdown, he might have he might have been beating incentivise in that Turnbull, and we might be uh, seeing um, we might be seeing them share favouritism. Um, I think out to twenty four hundred is a massive advantage for him too. The rain's going to be a question mark. I don't I know you don't look at wet size stats or anything like that. Tavistocks have a great record in the wet. Um, but, you know, if it gets to the heavy, we know he loves us. He, he appreciates the soft, but if it gets into the heavy, I think there's a question mark about all of them. I don't think there's a, a Colette-type horse that absolutely um, swims in it anyway. So you're going to have a question mark um, over the field if you're having a play. Um, so I'll be I'll be betting um, small to win, a little bit bigger the place, young Verther is my um, core field cut tip. Last race, mate, race 10. Uh, the Caulfield Sprint, Malkovich 380 for Bjorn Baker. Entha is $5, but I think she might come out. She doesn't really like the wet. Oxley Road is one who does like the wet at $6. Curran, $6.50. He's a bolt of 10, all banter 10. General Bow, 11. Swats that, 23. And Jigsaw, 23. Free of debt, 41. Bold Star, 101. And Holbein is 126. Interesting way to finish. Thousand metres, see how fast we can go and uh, see if you can catch the Malkovic horse to beat for me. I really love Sydney horses who come to Melbourne and thrive at Caulfield. A lot of people like, um, a lot of people reference that Sydney horses struggle around the Caulfield bend, et cetera, et cetera. But those, some just thrive. Malkovic thrives Caulfield, thrives a thousand metres, high pressure, Quality horse, 98-day break, ready to rumble. He's the horse to beat for mine. Um, he's a bolt. It was a good performance last start. He's a horse going places. You can never knock Curran. He's the best per, uh, money value for money horse I've seen purchased in a long time. I think they paid about 500 bucks for Curran. Um, he is, you know, if he had the wet track number, you could be very confident you would be going out and getting the money from a first three perspective. He just doesn't have that number. So there's that little question mark there. Um, knockout runner in the race is all banter for Craigie boy. And the jolly camp, difficult way to finish, but Malkovich will give you a big sight from the front. All right. Malkovich to finish off there. And as you said, he does have that win at the track and trip. Uh, I think it was only a few months ago in, in the winter. So that was on a soft track as well. It was. He, and he gets through it. There's no problem with him in the ground. Okay. Uh, let's have a quick look at the Everest, mate. Um, for those who want a real in-depth runner-by-runner preview, you can jump back on our YouTube or if you're listening uh, via iTunes or Spotify. Uh, on Wednesday, we had a show with Peter Volandes and Neil Werrett and also Brad Gray doing a runner-by-runner runner of the Everest. Um, there's been huge money. I'm glad we've waited until Friday. Huge money for Nature Strip overnight. Uh, he's into $3.70 favourite. Um, really put a little gap on Classique Legend, who was the favourite, um, now at 480. Eduardo, 6. Gitra has been another shortener. Um, he's at 650. From Mask Crusader 10, Home Affairs 12, The Inferno 19, Lost and Running 26, while Ruler 34, Libertini 34, 
Trekking 41, uh, Kemantari 61, Embrace is 71. Uh, sorry, Kemantari is an emergency, but in the market at 61, Embrace at 71, and the other three are emergencies as well. Throws a new spanner. It's a spanner in the works. It throws a new dynamic in the wet track, and the more the heavens open, the more the race changes. It takes the velocity out of that first section. It allows horses like Mars Crusader to be closer. I can understand the money for Bagalag's Nature Strip. He's the mud runner. He's the monster in the wet. Make no mistake, he is an elite wet track sprinter. So he's neutral, naturally going to put himself on top now. Very similar to incentivize. Catch me if you can. I'm the best horse here and I'll get through the conditions. So he's the dangerous runner that ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Mass Crusader comes to play now. He's, this is the one where he can be slightly slower way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's got the big powerful finish. He swims in the wet. He's got the ability to break dry track benchmarks late in races on bottomless tracks. Makes you extremely dangerous. Don't be mistaken how good he is as a wet track sprinter. The unknown is the little bulldog down the bottom. He's the unknown. He's had one go on it as a two-year-old. He can throw that in the bin because his overall performance wasn't very good, nor was his following performance, even though he was a winner. He's a new beast this time round, and the camp know that he's pretty special. He's got the very similar uh, profile, IVR profile to a horse like Yes, 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 leading into a Golden Rose. The comparable to Yes, Yes, Yes will keep coming up. Same combination trainer, et cetera, et cetera. That part to me... I'm not interested in. What I am interested in is two horses with very similar profiles that Mr. Wallers may taken the option to trial him going through to the Everest rather than taking him to a Golden Rose and then back to an Everest, which was a path he was successful with in the past. That's a dynamic that I'm interested in and he's chosen to go in this direction with that horse. If this was dry ground, I'd be super confident that this horse just wouldn't miss the first three. From a betting perspective, he's the style of runner that I would almost, I would almost put him into my betting plan as a risk, and I don't typically do that ever. And Nature Strip's a far easier bet to have and a far safer bet to have from a first three perspective than it is with horses who you've got massive unknowns about. A, he hasn't run a number that can win the race. And B, you've got an unknown in the wet. So he's just as likely to run nowhere as he is to win. So there's a lot of, you know, almost making stuff up about him. But he's got an outstanding little profile from that last run that says, the level's well within him. Dry track, I'd be super keen. Hard to split, Mask Crusader and Nature Strip. Nature Strip's going to have the advantage with being an on-speed runner versus Mask Crusader, who's got to run him down. The price variance is um, interesting. You'll nearly get the same place price Mask Crusader now as you would get Nature Strip to win, which starts to open my eyes up 
from an each way play. Difficult to make your decision, but Nature Strip's going to be the neutral on top, mate, from Mass Crusader Home Affairs. Sorry, say those, say, say those three again. Nature Strip's going to be the on topper, yep. similar to incentivize reason why he's just going to be in front. Catch me if you can. Um, from Mass Crusader, not a lot splitting the two of them. And the big boy Home Affairs, who, yes, I have already had something on. He's the runner who's the dangerous one, but the wet track throws a new dynamic in. So you've got two unknowns with him versus the other two who tick both boxes. Yeah, and you, you've sort of forecast a sort of soft track for um, Sydney tomorrow. That's what I'm... I'm going in with the theory that it's going to be extremely wet in this S7, S, uh, H8 range. If this track wants to start to trend towards the soft fives, um, I'll be elevating the little bloke to the top. All right. Um, well, I, I, I've been in the nature strip camp all week, again, working on that soft track. Um, you know, in the lead up, I, I've been worried about nature strip uh, going too fast through that first section. And then he increases his speed in the midsection and he's out of tickets the last 400. His best style is sort of around that benchmark through the first section and allow him to really put the pressure on through the second section. And then he's got something left in the tank late. I think with a wet track, he's more likely to get that scenario where he can take a sit or, you know, be pretty comfortable through that first section. And he's going to really enjoy, um, you know, like he did in the TJ third up in, in the autumn. Um, he's going to enjoy those conditions. The one for me that I think can knock him off, um, especially if it's wet, is G-Trar. Um, I know you've got a little question mark on G-Trar at the 1200. I really liked what I saw from him first up um, behind Eduardo and Nature Strip. He ran third that day and his last 200 metres to me suggested he's just, that was a, a conditioning run. Um, it was conditioning that saw him out um, late. He just went just below benchmark through that first session, had the biggest mid-race squeeze of the race and um, then just tapered on his run late. But he went, um, you know, seven-length mid-race squeeze and finished with a plus 3.1. We know first up, last prep, or first up his last two preps, he's put up a really big number first up. I think this time they've just left him, um, you know, with a little fitness to gain out of that first up run. So he's peaking second up. I think it's a really smart move. We know he's got the big number, Hayden. It's not at 1,200, but he does have that big plus six, plus six and a half number against his name. He also has a good number in the wet, in the yes, 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 um, 1,300 metres last year. I think it was plus three. I'm not sure what you're thinking in the wet, what number might be needed to win an Everest. We obviously know Everest can go really big numbers, but... I think if you get really wet conditions, we've seen a horse like Red Zell, who's a genuine wet tracker, just thrive in the conditions and probably not have to put up a record-type number. And that might be the scenario for GTRA. Barrier one's interesting. Not sure how much it'll get chopped up, but I think if there is wind in their face, he's going to get a bit of cover and get the suck run in. And I thought his run in last year's Everest was actually pretty good. He needed a bit of luck, and he's probably going to need a little bit of luck on the weekend. So it's nature strip. And GTRA, they're the two I'll be playing tomorrow. If we use the uh, wet 
Everest that we've seen so far, yeah, you you're still going to have to break six to win. Okay, so is that that's is that what expectation? Is that what Redzal was running? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we know he's got that six in his locker, doesn't he? It, it's probably not at twelve hundred, um, but I don't think besides last year's Everest, he hasn't really had that chance to run that big number. Um, and what did he run last year? High fours in the Everest. I think he. I think, yeah, I don't think the race shape suited him last year where he got. I didn't expect him to get as far back as he did. But, um, yeah, for me, he's the one. And I think the little market move for him in the last 24 hours is installing me with a bit more confidence. And J-Mac even wrote an article today. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Um, yeah, he's pretty confident that Nature Shoot can get the job done. But he did write, if he gets it real soft, he thinks there's only two dangers to Nature Shoot. And he wrote that they were Eduardo and Gitra. And I, I'm not sure Eduardo will beat Gitra over 1,200 metres. Um, certainly Eduardo's had his measure over 1,100. I think Nature Strip swings that pendulum back in his favour. So a um, little vote of confidence that Gitra might be the uh, might be the danger there. And there's probably enough juice in both prices to, um, to back both Nature Strip and Gitra. All right, mate. Um, that wraps us up. Was there anything you want to leave us with? No, I think we've got that pretty much covered. Hopefully, with both tracks, the weather gods are in our favour. And we get clean surfaces to enjoy for the day. No rain. And here's hoping. We don't have yeah. Armageddon overnight. That's it. Let's hope the punters, um, yeah. Bet, bet smartly tomorrow. Um, it could be a dangerous day, especially if the track really falls away. So, um, you know, bet responsibly. If you feel like the form isn't standing up, there's probably a good reason for that. Usually these big cards, the form does stand up when the track's playing well. The track falls away and you start seeing some roughies um, get the job done. Um, you know, it could be a real, you know, do your dough type day. So bet safe. Um, bet what you can afford to lose. Have a bit of fun and, um, it's going to be a, a, a two great races nonetheless with the Caulfield Cup and the Everest, mate. So all the best tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be exchanging a few texts during the day. We will do. Enjoy, mate. All right, mate. See you later.